On today's episode of Kick Some Glass, we tackle some sexist would-you-rather questions using personality tests like Myers-Briggs to advance your career or choose a new one, a win for the queen, and navigating uncomfortable conversations with HR while you're still job searching. Hi, Melissa. Hey, Tammy. How are things? Fantastic. I just finished a busy week because I finally uh, can vote. I know. I saw, I was watching, or I guess, yeah, I saw some of your pictures on Facebook. It looked so good. It looked like you had a lot of fun, too. I sure did. My parents were in town uh, in St. John's for the week, so it was great to have them around for a bit. <laughs> Got to enjoy some more of mom's home cooking, and all my family was around. We had a we had a big party at my aunt's house after the ceremony last Wednesday, and uh, it was certainly great to meet up with everybody, meet up with my friends, meet up with my family to celebrate uh, a culmination of five years of work. So it was fantastic. I can't complain. Yeah. Does it feel Does it feel weird at all, like knowing that you're you're not going back? To school? Uh, yes and no. I mean, like, it's kind of a relief because it's just, it, it's time for a break now. Because, I mean, you think about it, I've been in school straight on for 17 years now, if you include, uh, like, primary school and all that. Right. Um, and, I mean, I still find myself when people ask, oh, what are you doing? I still say I'm a student from time to time. But, uh, no, it's definitely a, it's a, it's a relief. It's a, it's a rewarding experience and it's a relief to finally be done. Oh, good, good. What else? What else is happening? Because I know you're always so busy. There's always more happening. <laughs> yeah, I know. So um, I actually just started um, leading and supervising a kiosk for the basketball team that I work for. So uh, it's kind of like a merchandise and ticket sales kiosk. So that's going good. Um, I'm super happy with how it's going. <laughs> I'm sure Colin can uh, say the same since like, you know, he's kind of like a manager for it. So uh yeah, it, I, I've been very busy. I have another conference call after this at uh, 6.30 for a uh, communications or a communications committee that I serve on. But no, I, I like being busy, I must say. Yeah, <laughs> you always are busy. And well, because of you and Colin, um, you must be getting, are you getting a lot of the excitement about the new hockey team in St. John's? Because I know this is huge news there. Oh my gosh, yes. I mean, well, at the kiosk, the kiosk's in the mall. And it's, it's just basketball stuff for now. But I mean, like every second person that comes up is saying, oh, do you have any growler stuff here? Oh, do you sell growlers tickets here and all this stuff? So I mean, like you can certainly feel the excitement building within the city and all the province as a whole as well. Yeah, I have, I've seen, well, I saw the the logo release and the, the video that Colin did and it looks really good. Like I, I don't live there and I want some merchandise <laughs> I'm like the logo looks so good I'm like I want a growler sweater yeah everybody loves Newfoundland dogs so I, I can see why it's so popular <laughs> that that's actually exactly what I messaged Colin once I saw the video I said I want a jersey and a dog <laughs> <laughs> I'll make sure that I put one aside for you Tammy <laughs> okay sounds good <laughs> awesome um Okay, so I guess, so since we last talked, a couple of things. Um, one thing was that I got some client feedback that I wanted to share, because this is really exciting. 
So this is a client that I had been working with for a while. Um, we did like resume writing and some career coaching. And then we also did some interview preparation. And the client finally got a job offer. And this was uh, her email. She said, I received a verbal offer from a company, a financial institution. I won't say the name. Uh, the interviewer said it was the best interview in the last seven years. I'm hoping the rest of the process will go smooth as well. Uh, God willing, I will be starting at the end of July. A uh, big thank you for your support and always being there for me. So that was really nice to see. I really love that the interviewer was like, this is the best interview I've heard in seven years. So um, the client obviously deserves all of, the, all of the recognition for that. But it was very nice to hear that feedback. I'm always so excited when you've been working with someone for, you know, a few months and they finally get exactly what they were looking for. It, um, it really makes my day. Yeah, it's always great to see results. Yes, yes, absolutely. Uh, and I also uh, booked a speaking gig of sorts. Um, the Halifax Regional Library here, uh, they are, I guess I am working for them in the fall, and I'm going to be giving a couple workshops on resume writing and job search strategies. So that'll be really fun. I'm so super stoked. Like I've already started mapping out exactly how to, to go about the workshops. I've you know, I've done like webinars in the past and I do like the live trainings in our group, but nothing, nothing like this before. So this will be really, really fun. I'm really excited and interested to see how it goes um, with people like right in front of me, I guess, <laughs> that I can actually see and engage how things are going sort of live. Uh, so that will be really fun. Yeah, it's always different as opposed to going one-on-one -on -one and doing it in a group setting. So that should be interesting. Yeah, yeah, I can't wait. I'm going to try and record it. I'm not sure yet how, like, obviously I could record the audio just on my phone pretty easy. Um, but I'm hoping to try and get some video as well. So I'll be able to show or share like snippets of the, the audio and or the video if I can figure that out um, with the group and, and on Facebook and LinkedIn and everywhere else I share everything uh, so I can share it after after it's been done but it's very it's very exciting uh, for me to be able to do that so I'm I'm stoked I'm and, stoked for you oh thank you <laughs> and um, yeah and so we uh, the last episode we did we recorded a whole bunch of would you rather questions which was super fun, but we went on way too long. And I don't know, did you realize when we were doing it that this was lasting like 30 minutes? I had no idea because I was having too much fun. I know. <laughs> so, so we record all of these would you rather questions and answers and we send it off to Colin for editing. And he's like, guys, this is like over <laughs> half an hour. I'm just you guys talking about what you'd rather do. Uh, so we're like, okay, yeah, that's a bit much for one podcast episode. So we had to to cut it. Um, so I went back in and I started listening to see where we should cut it and how we should cut it and see if we could reuse them, which we will be reusing for this episode. And when I was listening back, I couldn't believe how often I use like as a filler word. I 
I was listening back and I was just, I couldn't believe it. I wanted to like jump through time and space and like slap me, like slap myself in the face. Um, And I'm still doing it. Like, 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 I don't know what it is when the microphone gets in front of me. I somehow turn into this, like, look, I just did it again. I turn into an 18 year old Valley girl or something. And I don't understand it because when I do the Friday live lunch and learns on Facebook, I hardly ever say like, or I hardly ever need filler words. I just go, I just talk. And you wouldn't believe it from listening to this, but I do, like, I went to school for media, like, for TV and radio, so I should know how to speak without needing to say, like, a million times in five minutes. So this that's something I'm working on for this episode. <laughs> I and I, I have, a, like, an elastic, oh my goodness, I keep doing it. I have an elastic <laughs> band around my wrist, and I'm, like snapping it every time I say like to try and break the habit like it's a little psychological trick or or hack to break the habit because it's it's annoying to me and I can only imagine how annoying it is to listeners to hear me go like 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 it's a problem (laughs) I used to do that a lot when I was younger too I always 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 said like and I mean I still do it now definitely not as much as what I used to but uh, it's certainly something that I need to work on personally as well. Well, um, when I was listening back, you were you were flawless. Like <laughs> I, it was great. And listening to myself, I just I couldn't believe how often I said like, you, and you don't even. It's one of those things you don't even notice, right? Sort of. Well, it's sort of when you say sorry too much, which is something I do a lot as well story story all the time it's insane I'll say like I'll say sorry for things that I'm not even sorry for you know I'll say something um like I'm sorry but I'm hungry or I'm sorry I'm cold (laughs) you know (laughs) things things that don't even need it's just a way to start a sentence for me sometimes sorry I exist (laughs) (laughs) Basically is what I'm saying. Goodness. So, (laughs) so, uh, so yes. So our would you rather's went way, way too long. So we're going to reuse, we're not reusing them because no one has heard them yet. So we saved, that's what we did. We saved the sexist ones (laughs) for this episode, (laughs) uh, which were freaking hilarious, I think. Um, But and entertaining hopefully so we're going to we're going to play those for you now the sexist would you rather questions and you're going to notice that i say like about a billion times don't use it as a drinking game (laughs) (laughs) it happens way too often so yes so here here they are enjoy the sexist would you rather questions Okay. Oh, yes. Okay. So now I have a few more. We have a few more would you rather questions. So this, um, and these ones I found a little bit hilarious because they said that these were like, would you rather just for girls? And some of these are just questions are just like blatantly sexist. (laughs) So, um, yeah, (laughs) we could be really upset that somebody wrote these questions just for girls, or we're just gonna like have a laugh at it which is what I'm choosing to do. 
I'm going to choose um, to have a laugh as well. Yeah. <laughs> okay. So, oh, this question was really hard for me. I'm really curious to hear your answer. Would you rather have girls night with Oprah Winfrey or Hillary Clinton? Hillary Clinton. She'll, yeah. Because yep. I, oh. I want to know, I just want to pick her brain and just know about her campaign and how she felt when she lost to Trump and how she feels about Trump. Oh my God. I could just pick her brain for days and days and days. I know. I know. And like, and even like go all the way back, like, like law school and um, Bill and like her time as first lady and like, oh my goodness, everything, like everything. Yeah. <laughs> yeah I would love, I would love to have a girl's night with her. Um but a little bit like Oprah too. Like I kind of, I would be, I don't, well, maybe we know, maybe I know enough about Oprah and her story and that it'd be more interesting to talk to Hillary. I don't know. They're just so, they're both pretty amazing women. So it would, um, I think either would be an amazing night. <laughs> yeah, no, I agree with that for sure. Can we have both of them together? Like that'd be, that'd be nice. that would be great. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you would never get a word in. No, that's true. Well, you just like have like Oprah, like a private session of Oprah interviewing Hillary for like an hour and a half or two hours. That would be fantastic. Yeah, and then have a question and answer session afterwards. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Let's make that happen, Melissa. Let's get on that. Let's do it. <laughs> I think we'll probably need like $5 million to do that, but, uh, yeah, more, but let's make it happen. Yeah. <laughs> I'll put it, I'll put that on my to-do list. <laughs> Contact Oprah Winfrey. Yes. <laughs> um, okay. All right. Would you rather have, oh, I think this is supposed to be never have. Would you rather never have painful cramps again or never have to shave again? Never have to shave again because that's such a chore. It's I know, so me tedious. too. Yeah, like, that's like one hundred percent. That is my answer. Like I did not have to think about that. No, me either. Obviously, never having to shave again would be amazing, and I wouldn't care. Like I don't, you know, because you have to shave like pretty much every day or like oh, every yeah. second, every second day, you know. And I don't have painful cramps every day, so right there but even you know I would even make that trade I would be like you can give me painful cramps every day of my life if I that means I don't need to shave I think I would do the same too because I mean you could just take some Tylenol or something yeah so yeah and I mean that's only like 10 seconds whereas shaving that's like 10 minutes so yeah (laughs) yeah um okay all right, the next one. This question is so sexist. <laughs> I know. It so cracks me up. Oh, my goodness. Okay, yeah. So would you rather, um, uh, would you rather never be asked, would you rather, I don't think they, this is written properly, but would you rather never be asked if you're PMSing every single day? Wait. No, I think that's right. I think it's right. Okay. Would you rather be asked if you're PMSing every single day or be told to stop being so sensitive every day? So sexist. <laughs> I know. Uh, I don't know. I, yeah, I, I know. Mean, I'm like, both of these make me want to punch somebody in the face. <laughs> but I guess That's not arbitrary. Like you can be sensitive. You can be angry. Like, I don't yeah. know. I, I, I don't know what I choose there. I'd probably I know. 
snap at somebody no matter what they said whether they asked me if I was PMSing or whether they said I was being sensitive I would probably like rip into them but yeah I know me too I'm just thinking both of these are code for could you not be so much of a woman oh that's exactly what it is I, there's no like there's no right answer here this is no. like this is no and no. it's also a little like too close to real life <laughs> It's like women everywhere, like all over the world right now are being asked one of these questions at this very moment. Somebody like, you know, women, so millions of women right now are being asked if they are PMSing or are being asked to stop being so sensitive. Um, <laughs> so it's like, yeah. Pro tip, if any men besides Colin are listening to this podcast <laughs> right now, never, ever, ever ask either of these two questions. Yeah, or, never. Yeah. Yeah, never ask if a woman is PMSing and don't tell her to stop being so sensitive. Just don't. Yep, just don't do it. <laughs> Ridiculous. Uh, okay, so I guess we're, we're, we're not choosing on the basis of this being a sexist question. That is exactly <laughs> what we're doing. All right. Uh, okay, and so the last one. Would you rather wear a push-up bra all day long or stiletto heels all day long? Uh, I don't know. See, because I wear stilettos a lot. Well, not stilettos. I wear like high heels mostly every day and I don't really mind mm -hmm. it. And yeah, I mean, I don't wear like a huge push-up bra, but I mean, most bras usually have some sort of meat in them. So I don't know. Like, I don't, I, like, I don't really care about either. I yeah. mean, I wouldn't want to wear like a belly part and push-up bra. <laughs> and I wouldn't want to wear like six inch stiletto heels but like, you know, if it's like like a four inch or something like that, like I could, I could handle that all day long. <laughs> yeah. I, yeah, I would much rather be in heels all day long, I think, yeah. than a than a push-up bra. And I think, like, I'm normally in a sports bra most days. <laughs> my, um, I don't know, my uh, my chest area is not always easily controlled. <laughs> so they tend to, so like in a push-up bra, depending on how much of a push-up bra it is, like sometimes they sort of, you know, go their own direction or start doing their own thing and sort of jump out of there somehow um so <laughs> I would much rather be I'd much rather be my heels I'm pretty comfortable in heels I'm like I'm only five four so I've been wearing heels since like junior high <laughs> yeah it's the same with me I'm only I'm five three and a half so I mean I'm yeah. I'm usually in heels anyways people usually think I'm much taller than what I am but it's because again I'm always wearing three or four inch heels so yeah yeah uh all right and that comes that's the end of our would you rather that was fun I like that that was fun. Too. I agree. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, glass kickers, we are running a little contest on the podcast. And what we're doing is we're going to play a jingle from our childhood, I think. Yes, Melissa, do you remember this yeah. jingle? Yeah, I remember this jingle. It is our childhood indeed. Yeah, so 80s, 90s kids, uh, this should this should ring a bell for you, I think. So we're going to play the jingle, and if you know what it is, uh, you can email us your answer at kickglasspodcast at gmail.com. We will also be posting something on the Kick Glass Career Women Facebook group, so if you're in there as well, you'll see something there, and you can send us your answer that way. 
and we will randomly select someone to win a free kick glass notebook. Um, it's a really cute little notebook. I use it every day to sort of plan out my to-do list. And um, you can see pictures of it on the kick glass careers website. Uh, if you wanted to check that out there. Um, this jingle that we're going to play for you. I had a hard time. We had a hard time figuring out what we wanted to play, what we want to choose as our little listener participation jingle. But this one we decided on because it is one of the very few jingles that was written by a female jingle writer. And it is surprisingly difficult to find jingles written by women. <laughs> Apparently, most jingle writers are men. Uh, and I know this because I literally Googled jingles written by women. <laughs> and there was like there was like one result. Or when you Google search famous jingle writers, the lists are entirely men. It was it was kind of a depressing exercise. Uh, but here we go. I am going to play it and hopefully you all can hear this. So that was the jingle. So if you know what it is, if you recognize that tune, uh, just send us the answer. Send us what you know that from uh, or what the brand is, I guess, that it's advertising. Uh, email your answer to kickglasspodcast at gmail.com. That's K-I-C-K-G-L-A-S-S podcast at gmail.com. For the main content today, we are talking career. And over the past couple podcast episodes, we've really talked a lot about uh, finding your path, choosing a specific position, really trying to narrow down what you're looking for to have more success in your job search. This one today, we're talking about using personality tests to sort of guide those decisions. And uh, so this is really for someone who, you know, maybe you have no idea whatsoever what you want to do, or maybe you are thinking, I really need a change, but I don't know what that looks like. Or even if you have made a decision, you know, you have an idea of a direction you want to go in, but you're not feeling 100% confident, these sorts of tasks, these sorts of insights can help you gain some confidence around making those career decisions. Uh, so one of the tools that I recommend a lot is this 16 personalities that's a Myers-Briggs test. You can take it for free online at www.16personalities.com. And it gives you a 
fairly comprehensive report about what the personality results mean for you. And it does also include what career paths are more you're most suited for and what your workplace behaviors are for. And Melissa and I both took these tests. What did you think of, of taking the test, Melissa? Um, I, it was pretty quick. It took less than 10 minutes. Um, it was very comprehensive. And I found that my result was pretty accurate. There was a couple of things that I didn't agree with. But for the most part, like, it was scarily accurate. Yeah, yeah. So do you, and I think because I, I took a look at your, I took a look at your answer in our, our podcast show notes here. Um, and it seems like you were pretty much on the right path. Yeah, like I'm it's pretty dead on. Um, the only one that I found didn't really um, go with me was uh, the weaknesses. <laughs> <laughs> because those are, those are not my weaknesses whatsoever. So what did it say? Um, so... I am an ESFJT, and that means that I enjoy supporting my friends and my loved ones, organizing social gatherings, and doing my best to make sure that everybody's happy. That is spot on. I was going to say, um, that sounds pretty, yeah. <laughs> practical matters and gossip are my bread and butter, also spot on, as much as I hate to admit it. And um, <laughs> But we do use our powers. Um, we do attempt to use our powers for good, which is, that's, yeah. I, I try to be good and I try to um, give back as much as I can. I'm a very charitable person. So I, that's pretty spot on there. Yeah, for sure. I definitely, obviously, like when I saw the, like the organizing social gatherings and making sure everyone is happy and uh, using your powers to, for good, like you're all about impacting change and that, you know, improving communities. So I was like, yes, that's, that's Melissa to a T. Another thing that also stood out to me, um, we love to be of service and uh, enjoy any role that um, allows us to participate in a meaningful way, um, as long as we know that we are valued and appreciated. And that's one thing that really, that's something that's very important to me in a job. Um, like a thank you goes a long way and just showing appreciation goes a long way and being valued within the workplace and within an organization, that's, a, that's key to me in, uh, in a job and in a career. Yeah, for sure. And I think a lot of that would resonate with a lot of people, especially I find a lot of the women that I have worked with, they really are just sort of hungry for recognition. They want to hear that what they're doing is valued, what they're doing is good and, and having an impact. Um, it's surprising, it's always surprising to me to hear from employees, you know, or from candidates that they're not getting that positive feedback. They're not getting the recognition that they're doing a good job. You know, it's for a lot of people, it's a lot more than a paycheck. Yeah, it's about feeling wanted. It's about feeling needed. And it's about um, just getting that recognition and knowing that you're appreciated in your role. Yeah, for sure. So, oh, so I'm just reading through, I'm just looking at the negatives, I guess, here where it says inflexible and needy. <laughs> Fishing for compliments. Okay, I am not inflexible. I'm willing to change for pretty well, not willing to change for pretty much anybody, but I'm a very uh, cooperative person and I always like to hear other people's opinions and um, methods as to how um, they can see a task getting done. So I don't think uh, I've never it's never my way or the highway with me. And I I, I don't think I'm needy. Like I don't I like I don't remember the last time I fished for a compliment. <laughs> I'm not going to agree with that. But other than that, it was pretty spot on. Yeah. 
And you're good company, Monica from Friends and Tyra Banks. I love this part of the personality. That's that they give you other people, like famous people that have your same personality. I'm a big fan of both Monica and Tyra Banks. I used to watch the Tyra show all the time when I was growing up. Uh, myself and my friend Maria, who's probably listening. So, hey, Maria, we uh, we used to go and we used to watch Rachel Ray and make her every single day in the summer when we were younger. We'd watch Rachel Ray and then um, we'd make one of the recipes that we see on Rachel Ray and then we'd sit down and watch the Tyra show and, they'd, and eat whatever we just cooked. That was that was our summer every single day. Awesome. <laughs> oh my goodness. I love Rachel Ray. Yeah. She- <laughs> I just like that she made it seem so unthreatening to cook, right? Like she, <laughs> she would just sort of roll with it. Yeah, and I mean, like her recipes are pretty easy to follow. If two like girls who are twelve years old can go and make them, pretty much anybody can. Yeah, no, yeah, for sure. Oh my goodness, I wasn't that ambitious when I was twelve. I think the only thing I made when I was twelve was cookie dough that I would just eat out of the bowl. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, and then as far as careers for yours, it was pretty spot on, too. Oh, my gosh, yes. Well-organized, enjoy bringing order and structure to the workplace, and work best in environments with clear, predictable hierarchies and tasks. And that is, yeah, that's that's me because I work in HR, and, uh, yeah, that's what I do. I often, especially in my old position, I really did bring order and structure to the workplace, and I'm always, I find I'm not well organized in my personal life, but when it comes to work, like I am like color coded sticky notes, like files and files and files. I am just, oh, I'm so organized when it comes to work. And I wish I was like that in my personal life, but hey. <laughs> yes, I I have like a plan and a system for almost everything I do in life. <laughs> so I would feel like completely untethered and and unsafe I think if I didn't have organization oh yeah um another thing that stood out to me was um this slide right here careers as administrators are common as they like to organize both the work environment and the people in it and if that doesn't scream human resources to you then I don't know what does (laughs) (laughs) yeah so I, I would say that this was spot on for me yeah so you must be feeling pretty good like I am. I, I think I made. According to this test, I made. I made a solid career choice. Yes. <laughs> so how about yours, Tammy? Mine was also very uh, accurate. I thought. Um, if, uh, so I am an INFJ. So we both have FJs. Um, INFJ tend to see helping others as their purpose in life. Uh, it says, while people with this persona- personality type can be found engaging rescue efforts and doing charity work, their real passion is to get to the heart of the issue so that people need not be rescued at all, which I read this and I'm like, yep, because <laughs> I, I do, I find my passion is really stoked when I have any sense of injustice at all. I get really fired up like my heart my literally like my heart will race if I feel like there's injustice somewhere and it, it just bothers me that that has to to exist and you know doing charitable work and it's something that I do all that I am always volunteering I was at a charity event last night <laughs> um so yes and then my celebrity INFJ was Alanis Morissette which just 
is like <laughs> put me over the moon to have anything in common with her. I was like, yes. <laughs> she was like my hero when I was in junior high. There was one summer when Jagged Little Pill came out and I I bought this CD and I literally played that CD on repeat the entire summer all day long when my parents were out of the house oh my gosh <laughs> yes and I still I still know every word I still have the full I have the full album on my iPhone like I I love it I go back to that all the time um <laughs> staying connected with you know wild junior high school Tammy um Yes, INFJs, it says here, struggle to begin a career early on because they see 10 wildly different paths forward, each with its own intrinsic rewards, alluring, but also heartbreaking because each means abandoning so much else. And this is, this was me in, in university and changing my major like four times, <laughs> which is why it took me so long to like finish school um, because I just... I would see how I could do good or I could see how I could have an impact with all of these different options. And I just didn't want to narrow it down because if I chose one, it meant I couldn't do the others. Uh, so that was heartbreaking to me. Um, and then, uh, yes, yeah, so roles as counselors, psychologists, doctors, life coaches, and spiritual guides are all attractive options. Uh, so yes, I'm a career coach, and sometimes it involves quite a bit of counseling with people. So I am sort of on my path there. Uh, and then this part was interesting to me as managers, because um, I have led teams in the past. So this uh, was actually pretty spot on as well, saying that INFJs are often reluctant in exercising their authority. They prefer to see subordinates as equals, coordinating and supervising people, leaving the technical systems, oh, and factual details to more capable hands, Colin, uh, <laughs> and working hard to inspire and motivate, not crack the whip. And that's definitely true. So when I did have uh, a team in a previous career, uh, I definitely, my management style was more like, sorry, uh, was more about trying to motivate people, like bring them on board to be as passionate as I was, not so much putting in rules and systems and cracking the whip over people. I really was about, you know, unifying people around a common goal with me, not really under me. So this, this speaks I'm not entirely sure if that's the most effective form of leadership, but uh, as a personality test, this was pretty good. I was, so this one I think is, um, this is a pretty good option for people. I mean, you don't have to take it all as gospel, obviously, when you're doing these tests or any tests for that matter. Um, but I think it can, it can provide you with some confidence or at least open your eyes to some paths that you might not have considered before. Yeah, definitely for sure. Um, I enjoyed it uh, only because it gave me it uh, solidified my career choice. But I mean, if you if you're confused as to what career path you want to take, I think it's I think it's a perfect quiz to take. Yeah, and I do like that it includes. So Melissa and I, what we read here is pretty brief because it really I think it delivers like ten pages of information, including like personal relationships and family relationships and and things like that. Um, wow. Yeah, it's a huge debrief, but it's certainly interesting to read. 
It is interesting to read. But I do like that it, it also includes information on, you know, environments in which your personality wouldn't thrive. So if you are kind of hating work right now and you go through a personality test like this, it might say like, this is why you're not liking work because your personality is not suited to this sort of structure or this sort of value system. So it could, could shed some light there as well. Okay, and we are on to our third segment where we talk about women in the news. And this uh, article, I guess, that I dug up, I actually found the article after seeing a brief story about this on TV news. Um, and it's about the Crown actress, Claire Foy. I think that's her name. Oh, that's terrible. I don't even <laughs> think it's... I don't even think her name's in this. That's actually pretty awful as well because I don't see her name in the snippet that I clipped out of it. Yeah, it's Claire. Yes, it's Claire Foy. There it is. Goodness gracious. Do you watch this show, Melissa? No, I haven't. I, I pretty much only watch two shows. Uh, that is uh, New Girl and The Office. So okay. I'm, I'll have to check it out. I'm, I'm intrigued to see this now. I want to see who the better actor or actress actor is. Oh, well, I, so I, I did watch, I binged on the first season last year, uh, I think shortly after it came out and I really loved it. Like I really loved this show. And at the time that I watched it, I had no idea who was getting paid, what, uh, and I think now if you watch it, Melissa, you're, you'll be surprised because when it did eventually come out that she, that Claire was making less than her co-star Matt Smith who plays Prince Philip in the show you will be really really angry because I was I was really angry because there were episodes of the show where he was in it for like two minutes and she she's on she's on screen almost every like she's in almost every scene of every episode she has if you look at it from like a workload standpoint, she basically had double the workload that he did. So I was infuriated when I learned that she was making significantly less than him. So this article that I pulled talks about uh, her action. Not only did she get a raise and she's now making more money than her co-star, but she's actually getting back pay for the first season when she was paid less. So they're bringing her back up to sort of a more equitable, fair pay range compared to her co-star, which I thought was really interesting. So not only did they give her a raise and be, you know, basically saying, yes, we acknowledge you deserve more money. They're saying you also deserve compensation for us not paying you what you should have been paid in the first place. I just thought that was really interesting because you don't see that very often where an actress is getting back pay or, you know, getting paid after the fact for a past wrong. No, I know. But I mean, it's the company making it right. It'd be horrible. And it would paint so bad on the company if they didn't go and back pay her and then bring her back up to pay equity with Matt Smith. 
So I mean, I'm super, super happy to see this. But in all reality, they should have they should have been paying her the same all along. I mean, it's fine to go back and fix it now, but I mean, it still looks bad on uh, left leg pictures. Yeah, it does. This was so I was actually I was watching the news with my parents when I first like heard this story that she was getting the back pay, and <laughs> and I was I was like so I was very excited and. My dad, God love him, was he? Um, he uh, yes, we ended up in a huge fight. So he, his point was, she signed the contract in the first place, so she is just she's responsible. She's culpable for what she got paid. And I, my argument was that it was completely despicable that a company would have offered her a contract where she got paid that much less than a co-star who basically does half the work. <laughs> yeah, I, right. I agree with your argument. I agree with that 100%. Yeah, yeah. He was saying, you know, women should fight for what they deserve. And if she signed the contract, she's tacitly approving of that pay range. And I'm like, no, we, she doesn't have that kind of power. Plus, she probably didn't know at the time that her co-star was making that much more money than her, given that she's the star of the show. It's called <laughs> The Crown. It's about her. Like, no, it's like, about the queen. Come <laughs> <Yeah>. on. <laughs> yes. Anyway, I think this is a good, this is a big step forward. And hopefully, Left Bank Pictures now will, moving forward, won't be you know, engaging in this sort of huge pay disparity to begin with when they're launching new shows or doing new projects. Yeah, and not just uh, Left Bank, but the industry as a whole. Yes. Well, I think I think we're going to start seeing some major shifts in the industry. I think in the Me Too and Time's Up and stories like this coming out, I think the level of awareness has been you know, it's, it's raised to such a level, it's raised to such a height now, it's so visible now that, that these companies in the industry just won't, don't want to be caught on the wrong side of it, because there's serious implications for their brand. Okay, so our last and final section segment of the show. It's time for some questions. And these questions are all for you, Melissa. All right. So we have two questions this week, catching up after uh, the last podcast, I guess. Um, so the first one is, what should you do if you realize there was an error in your resume or cover letter after you apply for a job? Is it best to just let it go or send a follow-up email with the corrections? So it depends on the error. If it's a minor typo, just let it slide. It happens to the best of us. It could be an issue with your autocorrect. And nine, nine chances out of 10, the recruiter will overlook it, or they might not even see it. However, if it's a bigger typo, like, oh, you left out a piece of your education or a piece of work experience, so that's, that's pretty crucial. And um, I would send a follow-up email with a new resume and with the corrections in it. Um, but again, this just goes down to attention to detail. It's important to triple check your resume and your cover letter before you apply. Um, so just keep that in mind when you're applying for your next job, because not every recruiter is nice. <laughs> um, so second question, what's the best way to ask for an interview post-mortem if you didn't get the job? Is it okay to ask why you weren't selected? 
So yes, by all means, if you weren't selected for the position, by all means, follow up. It shows that you're motivated and it shows that you're truly interested in the job and the company. And the recruiter oftentimes will have like solid advice as to why you didn't get the position. So by all means, politely ask the recruiter, send a follow-up email asking, okay, I re- don't say that I respect your decision, but just say, okay, like, thank you for the time for the interview. Just wondering, could I get some interview postmortem feedback as to why I wasn't successful in uh, securing this position? I, uh, I had to do this for pretty much every single position that I recruited for when I was working um, with the previous mining company that I worked with. And it, I actually did enjoy it because it felt like I was helping somebody and I was helping uh, candidates out. How uh, would you say, like, what is the percentage of people that would ask for feedback after like being declined, I guess? Internal candidates, I would say... Uh, 80% of the time, internal candidates um, ask for feedback as to why they weren't successful in getting the position. Externally, I would say about 60% of the time, candidates ask. Okay, yeah. And But you were pretty good about providing that feedback? Like- yeah, no, I, I was. I, I didn't mind doing it because, I mean, we had all, I had all the notes. And it was just usually it was typically just a quick, um, a quick follow-up email just um, just explaining like, um, if it went internal or external and explaining where some of it. So I know sometimes safety was always very big with us. So if there was, um, not so much a flag in the safety question, but, um, there was something that came up that was always something that I explained and, um, just, yeah. Okay. Awesome. Yeah. I think that's good. Cause I think a lot of people might be scared to ask, but I think it, I think you're right. I never thought of it that way that it would show you know, that you are very interested in that company and, and it might improve your chances of success if another role becomes available. And again, don't feel upset if the recruiter doesn't respond. Cause again, it, it always depends on the recruiter. I didn't mind doing it, but I'm sure there's probably other recruiters out there who would mind giving postmortem feedback. Yeah. I guess some recruiters might be scared of, yeah, getting drawn, maybe getting drawn into a, a long back and forth or, um, cause I'm sure some candidates can get a little pissy, I guess, about it, right? Guess, well, you didn't, yeah. you didn't pick me and you say it's because of this, but really I have this and I, yeah. I can see how that can turn into a nightmare real fast, depending on the candidate. Another tip, don't be, don't be rude in your email. Cause you, you won't get anywhere if you're rude in your email. I never had anybody be rude to me in postmortem and it was usually just a quick email, but it was a polite email and it was a quick email back explaining why they weren't successful in the position, what they could do to improve. Awesome. Thank you. That's great. All right, guys. Thank you so much for listening. That's our show, our episode for today. Uh, Your support means the world to us. Thank you so much for listening. And we love to hear from you. So if you have any feedback or any questions for either myself or for Melissa, please email us anytime at kickglasspodcast at gmail.com. That's K-I-C-K-G-L-A-S-S podcast at gmail.com. You can also find us in the Kick Class Career Women Facebook group, and that's at facebook.com slash groups slash kick class. Go kick some class.